lead to God. No matter what you believe, even if you're an atheist, that road will ultimately lead you to God. By that I mean one day you will die, enter eternity, and you'll stand before God Almighty. Yes, all roads will ultimately get you in front of God, but listen, only one road leads to heaven, and that's the road through Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for your sin. My message tonight is God's answer to fear, worry, and anxiety. I'm going to be looking at Matthew chapter 6 and John 14 if you brought a Bible. Did you know that 39% of Americans say they were more anxious this year than they were last year? Barnes & Noble, which is the largest book retailer in the United States, said there was a 25% jump in June of 2017 for people wanting to buy books that dealt with the topic of anxiety. One expert said, we are a very anxious generation. And reports tell us that millennials and Generation Z are the most stressed generations ever. In fact, they've even dubbed now Generation Z the hopeless generation, as well as the loneliest generation. That's pretty amazing. They're also the most depressed generation. So why are so many people in Generation Z and those that are the millennials so depressed? One very simple answer. If you're taking notes, write it down. Avocado toast. Just stop eating avocado toast. No, I'm kidding. It's more serious than that. For these generations, antidepressants are the best-selling pharmaceuticals. They also have the highest suicide rate. So check it out. We've gone from the greatest generation, as we call them, those that came through World War II, to the hopeless generation. How did we get to this place? What is the answer to all of this? Well, most studies reveal the problem or something that contributes to the problem is something I'm holding in my hand right now, and I bet you have one too. It's called a cell phone. This absolutely aggravates the situation. And a lot of people have cell phones. 70% of the world's population carries one of these smartphones around in their pocket. And I just read that we touch these phones 2,600 times a day. In fact, some people never stop touching their phone. They're walking around carrying it everywhere they go. They gesture with it. They shave with it. You know, they flip the eggs with it. They do everything with this phone. You can't get this phone out of their hands. 43% of Americans surveyed said they can't live without their cell phones Two-thirds sleep with their cell phones next to their bed. And so this is an obsession that we have. And now when you're born, they give you a cell phone. I don't know if you know that. They have little tiny ones for babies. They even give them to animals. Dogs have cell phones now. They don't give them to cats because a cat would never answer it. They would just ignore it. That's the way cats roll, right? 
And they say that the people that are constant checkers are the most stressed out, meaning the people that are constantly checking their emails, constantly checking their texts, constantly checking their news feed, seeing what's going on on social media. Some of you, from the moment I've started this message, have not let go of your phone and you're checking stuff right now to kind of prove the point. And yet they say that people that do this feel isolated. It's ironic, wasn't it called social media? But it's not very social. It seems to isolate us, it separates us. And many are filled with worry, stress, and complete hopelessness. Listen, I have hope tonight for the hopeless generation. I have hope tonight for the millennials and Gen X, don't wanna leave you out, and baby boomers. I'm telling you tonight, you can go from hopelessness to hope, from emptiness to fulfillment, from guilt to forgiveness because hope has a name and it's Jesus Christ and he's here to change your life tonight. Listen, life with Jesus is endless hope. Life without Jesus is a hopeless end. But we worry so much. We're crippled by anxiety. You know those times where we wake up in the middle of the night, I don't know about you, but three o'clock in the morning is the Magic time for me, I wake up, all these thoughts fill my mind. You're worried about this. When things are going good, you worry about if they're gonna turn bad. And when things are bad, you worry about if things will ever be good again. But maybe you're afraid tonight. You worry about so many things. So I wanna tell you something you need to know. Here's what Jesus says about worry. Number one, worry doesn't make your, your life better, it makes it worse, and as a part of that, Worry does not make your problems go away. Sometimes it creates new ones. Here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter six. Don't worry about everyday life, whether you're gonna have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food? It isn't your body more than clothing? Then Jesus says, look at the birds. They don't harvest or store food in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. How much more valuable to him uh, are you than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? Birds don't stress out. Birds are chill, they're relaxed. I have a bird feeder in front of a window in my kitchen and I'm always filling it with seed. Kathy, my wife says, Greg, we're wasting money on seed. I say, I don't know, I like to watch the birds, you know? And they come in and I've never seen a stressed out bird. I've never seen a bird popping a Valium, you know. They, they just go out there and they get their food every day. They don't worry about it. They go get food, but they don't worry about it. Now other birds go other places. There are certain birds that hang out at In-N-Out Burger and wait for the fry to hit the ground. They swoop down and get it. Then there are seagulls, which I don't like at all. The only thing I don't like, the only thing I dislike more than cats are seagulls. Because you go to the beach and you leave food on your beach towel and you go in the water, they're gonna fly off with your food. They're gonna fly off maybe with one of your kids. You better watch them. But the point of it is, is that birds just go get their food but they don't worry about these things. And Jesus said, who of you by worrying can add one moment to your life? Yet we're in a culture today 
where everyone is obsessed with trying to lengthen life. We spend billions of dollars on vitamins and lotions and potions all in an attempt to live a longer life. But I have to tell you that uh, God determines how long you're going to live. You don't determine that. So it's important to know. Now, <laughs> you may improve the quality of your life through healthy choices and exercise. There's a place for that. But ultimately, it's God that determines the length of your life. I heard that some billionaires are trying to extend their lives through technology. Number of billionaires are looking for the cure for aging. One billionaire wants to have a computer chip strapped to his brain. Another Silicon Valley billionaire is investing in a startup company that promises, I'm not making this up, to upload your brain into a computer to grant eternal life to your consciousness. Other billionaires, again, I'm not making this up, are getting blood transfusions from healthy young people ages 16 to 25. They think this will reverse aging. But instead of reversing the aging process, these people who got the blood transfusions found themselves moving back into their parents' house and playing video games all day so that they didn't plan on that. But Jesus said you cannot extend the length of your life. God determines when we're born. God determines when we die. When you look at a tombstone, you see date of birth, you see date of death. You don't control that, I don't control that, God does. But I have everything to say about the little dash in the middle. How I'm going to live my life, what I'm going to do with my life. And I want you to use your time wisely tonight. And the most important decision you can make is make the decision to follow Jesus Christ. And I hope you'll do that tonight. Hey everybody, Greg Laurie here with some thoughts about anxiety. Well, there's a lot of things to be anxious about right now, aren't there? All the turmoil in our country, all the fighting, which hasn't gotten better, it's actually gotten worse. Can I make a couple of recommendations? Maybe don't watch the news for hours on end. Maybe don't spend all your time on Twitter and fighting with people on social media, etc. And I'm not saying don't be uninformed because we need to be aware of what's going on. So we know how to pray intelligently, but take time to fill your mind with the Word of God. Take time to focus on your relationship with God. Uh, we all know this verse very well that says, don't worry about anything, pray about everything, and the peace of God will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Scripture also says, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. So if you find yourself in turmoil and anguish, and if you find yourself filled with anxiety, put your mind on the Lord. Turn your thoughts toward the Lord. Fill your life with the Word of God, with worship music, with good Bible teaching. Uh, we have a podcast, and there's a lot of great things out there, but we have a podcast you can listen to. But listen, look to Jesus right now, and let's keep praying for our nation that God's will will be done, but let's also pray that He will give us personal peace. 
In my book, Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon, I talk about Johnny's hard scrabble beginnings to his initial ascent up to the point where he was having all kinds of troubles, ranging from being arrested to wrecking cars to just making a mess of all the success that he was experiencing. And here's the big story that God can redeem a life. No matter how you're living your life out right now, and maybe you've made some mistakes, and you've done some things that you're ashamed of, this book shows that God gives second chances, and God can redeem you. Listen, your story is not over. His story is a powerful one that shows us that God can change the trajectory of your life if you will reach out to Him, which Johnny did. This is a story of redemption. If God can redeem a person like Johnny Cash, certainly he can redeem a person like you. Some of you have come here tonight with the weight of the world on your shoulders. You're loaded down with guilt and remorse over the things you've done, that lie you told, that immoral act, that abortion you had performed, it haunts you. You need God and you need Him to forgive you of those things because the Bible says now is the time, today is the day of salvation. Check it out. You have an appointment with God tonight. You do. You say, well, I, I didn't see that on my Google calendar. I, I, no, you have one. It's not on your Google calendar, it's on the heavenly calendar. This is your night to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't know why you came here. I don't know what you're thinking right now, but some of you are thinking, I don't really believe any of this, but some of you are thinking, I don't know, maybe some of this is true. Some of you are even thinking, maybe all of this is true. I remember when I first went to a Christian meeting I looked around at the Christians and I thought they were just basically crazy people. But as I looked at them and I saw the smiles on their faces, the peace emanating from them, that sense of joy, I tried a new thought on for size and the thought was this, what if the Christians are right? What if it's all true? What if God can actually be known in a personal way? And I immediately dismissed that, thought it's crazy, there's no way. But it came back to me again, what if it's true? And then when the guy who was speaking said, if you wanna give your life to Jesus, I want you to get up and walk forward and I'll lead you in a prayer. I thought, there's no way I can do that. And the next thing I knew, I was standing there praying and I found out it is true, it's true. And it can be true for you tonight. Your life can change tonight. Now let me tell you what Jesus Christ said. In John chapter 14 he says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. There's more than enough room in my Father's house. If this were not so I would have told you, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when everything is ready I will come and get you so that you'll always be where I am and you know the way I am going. So instead of being stressed out, instead of being agitated, instead of being afraid, Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. That word trouble can be translated thrown into confusion. 
It comes from the Greek word freakouto. We get our English word freak out. No, I made that up, that's not true. But Jesus is saying that we should not run from reality, but he will give us a new reality. Why? Number one, because if you're a Christian, there is a place in heaven waiting for you. That's a great promise. <clears throat> whatever you're going through, whatever challenges you're facing, whatever is stressing you out, remember, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, there's a place in heaven waiting for you. Jesus says there's more than enough room in my Father's house. Listen to this. God wants nothing more than to welcome every man, every woman, every person made in his image to heaven. But he's not gonna force you to go to heaven. God's not gonna say, get up to heaven right now, young man. Hey, you don't have to go to heaven if you don't want to. The only way you're gonna get to heaven is through the provision that God has made, which is Jesus Christ, his son. Here's what Jesus says. He goes on in John 14 and says, where I go you know and the way you know. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going and we don't know the way. And Jesus said, look, it's right here in the front of the stage. Jesus said, read it out loud with me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. Listen, you're gonna think I'm crazy when I say this, hear me out. All roads lead to God. Greg, are you insane? No, you heard me right. All roads lead to God. No matter what you believe, even if you're an atheist, that road will ultimately lead you to God. By that I mean one day you will die, enter eternity, and you'll stand before God Almighty. Yes, all roads will ultimately get you in front of God, but listen, only one road leads to heaven, and that's the road through Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for your sin. Because if you don't believe in Jesus, you will not go to heaven. Heaven is not for good people. Oh, we hear all the time, if you live a good life, you'll get to heaven. Well, let's just say for the sake of a point, that's true. How good? Are you sure your life is good enough? Well, I just think if I'm a good person, whose definition of good are we gonna go with? Your definition, my definition, shall we vote on it? Here's what the Bible says. All have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Here's what the Bible says. If you commit one sin, you're guilty of all sin. Every one of us has sinned. Every one of us have broken the commandments of God. The word sin can be translated across the line. Everybody has crossed the line. So we're separated from God. But here's the good news. Heaven is not for good people. Heaven is for forgiven people. And you can be forgiven of your sin tonight. You know, if you were lost and you wanted to come to Angel Stadium and you texted me, You'd say, Greg, I can't find my way to Angel Stadium. How do I get there? You know what my question will be, where are you? How can I tell you how to get here if I don't know where you are? If you're texting me from the coast, I'm gonna give you a separate set of directions that I would give you if you're texting me from inland. Different freeways, different directions, 
So in the same way you say, well, how do I get to heaven? God would ask you the question, where are you? Are you honest enough to say, well, where am I? I'm sad, I'm lonely, I'm depressed, I'm afraid, I'm terrified of death. How do I change this? God would say, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. You need to come to me, and you need to come through me, because I sent my son to die on the cross for you. There's only one way, and it's through Jesus, but why? Why? What if a person is sincere, and, and, they're, and they believe what they believe is true? Won't sincerity get you to heaven? Really? I mean, think about that logically. What if you went down to LAX and you were gonna take a plane to Honolulu, Hawaii, and you're taxiing down the runway, and you hear the voice of your captain come over the intercom. Good, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to flight 293, bound for Honolulu, Hawaii. We'll be at a cruising altitude today of 32,000 feet. We expect a smooth flight, you're thinking, all right. And then your captain says this, by the way, folks, I'm not so sure about the whole fuel thing. You know, I don't know if we have enough fuel to make it to Hawaii, but that's okay because, listen, people, I'm sincere in what I believe. And by the way, folks, I'm not gonna use our navigation system. I'm not even gonna use a map because people, I believe that all roads lead to Hawaii. I want off that plane right now. I want a pilot that knows what he's doing. And so in the same way, we say, well, I just believe if I'm sincere and I believe if I live a good life. What, do you just make this stuff up out of your head? Are you gonna go with what you think? Are you gonna go with what God says? Jesus has told you how to get there. Sincerity is not enough. Living a good life is not enough. God says, where are you? You have to say, I'm messed up. I need help. I need God. And then he will save you. The Bible says whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. God says, where are you? You have to say, I need help. I've tried to fix myself. I've tried to self-medicate. I thought if I took this drug, if I drank this, if I had this experience, everything would be better. If I reach this career goal, if I bought this ultra cool car, if I had this sexual experience, if I lived in this house, if I reached this goal, whatever it is, and you, you set these goals and you reach them and there was still a hole in your life and you wondered, what's happening? God says, where are you? Will you just be honest enough to say, I'm lost, I'm in trouble, I need help. Here's what the Bible says, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. He'll save you, he'll forgive you, he'll change you, and he'll change your eternal address tonight. You can change your eternal address from a place called hell. And yes, friend, there is a hell. And you can change it to a place called heaven. Listen, Jesus spoke more about hell than all the other preachers of the Bible put together. He warned us about it. He has seen it. God doesn't want you to go there. The Bible says, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there are that go that way, but narrow is the way that leads to life. And few there are that find it. Listen, 
God has dropped a lifeline from heaven. There's only one lifeline. It's Jesus Christ, and He's here, alive, in Angel Stadium tonight, standing at the door of your life, and He's knocking. And He says, if you'll hear His voice and open the door, He'll come in. Maybe God has spoken to your heart, and you have seen your need for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Son of God who came from heaven to this earth. He was born in a manger. He died in a cross. He rose again from the dead. Why? Because He loves you. And He wants a relationship with you. Listen, I'm not talking about religion. I don't want to be a religious person. I don't think you want to be one either. I'm talking about relationship with God. Jesus, who died and rose again, stands at the door of your life and he knocks and he says, if you'll hear his voice and open the door, he will come in. Question, have you asked Jesus Christ to come and live inside of you? You might say, well, I, I think so, I'm not sure. Hey, if someone moved into your house in the middle of the night, do you think you would be aware of it? I'm sure you would. And in the same way, if Christ has come to live inside of you, you will know. And if you don't know, Maybe he has not come in yet. He's just a prayer away. All you need to do is say, Jesus, I want this relationship with you. I want you to forgive me of my sin. I want to go to heaven when I die. Would you like to do that? Would you like Christ to come into your life? If so, why don't you just pray this simple prayer with me? You could pray it out loud or you can pray it in the quietness of your heart. But this is a prayer where you're asking Jesus Christ to be your Savior and Lord. Pray this with me now. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you're the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose again from the dead. Now come into my life. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for hearing this prayer and answering this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. Did you just pray that prayer with me? If so, I want you to know in the authority of Scripture that Christ Himself has come to live inside of you. And I would love to send to you, at no charge, something called the New Believer's Bible. It's a very friendly translation of the New Testament. You'll find very understandable. And it's filled with hundreds of notes that I wrote that will encourage you in this commitment you've just made to follow Jesus. Let me send that to you at no charge. And let me be the first to say to you, Congratulations, and welcome to the family of God. Jesus says that where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We are all different. We have different interests, different personalities, different upbringings, and different ways we do life. But here, we have a deep connection, and you, are welcome here. This is Harvest.